So come on, let's go to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 3. And as we're gearing up, let's, let's invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we love you. We invite you right now. We ask for an anointing to come, Lord, that you would come and breathe on the Scriptures. Lord, that you would impart a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Anybody want more wisdom? Anybody want more revelation in the knowledge of who Jesus is? That's what we're praying for. Come on, just put your hand on your heart. Lord, we ask that you would open up the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our understanding. We say wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for that. You know, the Apostle Paul said, when we speak the word of Christ, it imparts grace to the hearers. Does anybody want an impartation this morning? Not from a man, not from a cool church, but from the word of God. Anyone want an impartation? then you've got to be a hearer. So, Lord, this morning we ask that you would make us hearers of your word. Lord, we, Lord, we say, come on, just let's take a few moments. Lord, we declare the soil of our heart is soft. It's ready to receive the, the seed of your word. Let it go deep into our hearts and bear much fruit. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, turn in your iPhones to Ephesians <laughs> chapter 3. <laughs> Woo! So, yes, we're so excited to partner up with Rock City, with Pastor Dave, and you crazy, awesome, wild Jesus crew here. Listen, we are living in the absolute greatest hour of history. The presence of God is going viral all over the earth, and there is no safe place from the, dev from the presence or for the devil anymore. I'd hate to be the devil right now. It was so funny. I was sitting there with Pastor David and Amber yesterday, and I was showing them different videos on my phone. I'm going, Bulgaria, Indonesia, Philippines, and I'm showing them all these videos from all over the world of the presence of God breaking out, and we all just started laughing. They go, after a while, you could, you could call out any nation. It all looks the same. It's just thousands of people, Jesus, like just fired up, man, just going wild. But I'm telling you, the presence of God is going viral. Why do I use that word? Because listen, if a cold or a flu virus could get your whole house sick in less than 24 hours, if a mom who goes to Kohl's and buys a Chewbacca mask could put it on and make this hilarious video of her laughing at herself. And literally in 24 hours, it goes so viral, 50 million views in 24 hours. We just live in a viral moment in history right now. What's going to happen when you begin to realize that you are carriers of the most incredible, precious, powerful virus the world has ever seen? It's called the presence of the living God, everywhere you go, to the gas station, to Walmart, to the taco shop, wherever y'all go, to coffee waves, I'm telling you, the presence of God is going viral. And you are a carrier of this virus. Everywhere you go, I'm telling you, it's just gonna absolutely just start sweeping families, sweeping your job place. Do not be ashamed of it. Be bold. Carry it. Because this, this gospel, this good news, the presence of Jesus living on the inside of you is the answer to every single question, every single problem that the world has. And guess what? You might be the only Jesus that they'll ever see. Go for it. Release that virus, all right? Ephesians chapter 3. We're gearing up. 
We are excited to partner with Pastor Dave Rock City. Heart of David Global is coming to Corpus Christi. We're going to see the presence of God go viral in the city. Like Pastor David said, it's much, much larger than this house. It's, it's about the body of Christ. Come on, you guys are prophetic. Do you guys know that? Living in Corpus Christi, you guys are so prophetic. And God, what God does here, it's, it's, it's a sign and a wonder. It's a type and a shadow of what he wants to do in the body of Christ. So we're going to set up shop here. We're going to continue to strategize how it looks. We're going to set up shop. We're going to begin to march around the city, unify the churches around the flame of his presence. And we're going to see the presence of God go viral. I want to see Corpus Christi raise up as one of the most powerful economies, as one of the lowest murder rates, lowest crime rates, lowest divorce rates. Come on. I want to see Corpus raised up to where... The body of Christ at large, you guys, not just Rock City, but many of the churches, you guys become one of the largest supporters and senders of missions around the world. Come on, I'm telling you. Think Chewbacca mom times one million. Holy Spirit, <laughs> Chewbacca moms everywhere. But I'm telling you, we're going to see this come to corpus, and you guys are a massive part of this, all right? So just a little bit of background before I jump in. My wife and I, Lindsay, she's, she's uh, home. I can't wait to see her this afternoon. But listen, five, a little over five years ago, we moved to Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. And we moved there to contend that to begin to see it become the live worship capital of the world. And guess what, y'all? It's happening. It's, how many of you guys have been to Presence? Come on, over the past few years. Man, look at you guys. Did you get rocked? Come on. I'm telling you, we are, we are there. We're raising up musicianaries, musical missionaries who are foolish enough to believe that their worship can transform cities, regions, and nations. Some of our students just went to the steps of the state capitol a couple of weeks ago. Y'all were out there blazing with acoustics and djembes, just crying out. I'm telling you, a few years ago, we had the honor of hosting seven days of nonstop worship, prayer, and evangelism on the university campus of UT. It was absolutely wild. We set up a tent right there in the middle of campus and just went wild. Could you imagine like 50 Dave Bendettes just going bananas crazy on the gym bays, guitars crying out? I mean, it was absolutely insane, man. So we're going for it. I want you guys to come up after the meeting. Come bless some of these young students. Hug them, encourage them, pray over them because God is doing powerful, powerful things. So five years ago, we launched our School of Ministry, and then that went into hosting the Presence Gatherings, where thousands are coming to get marked with the Presence. And now last year, what Pastor David was mentioning, we opened up a Presence-driven, relationship-based network called Heart of David Global. Pastor David is on the leadership council of that. And guys, I'm telling you, we're in over 40 different cities across America. We're in about a dozen different nations, and this is just the beginning. We're going for it, all right? So Ephesians chapter 3, let's go there. Ephesians chapter 3, I want to talk to you this morning about one of the most needed, yet one of the most lacking virtues in the body of Christ, and that is the virtue of courage. Did you know that many people have a heart, but very few people have a backbone? 
Many people have a heart, but very few people have a backbone. Did you know that God has called you to not live in a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. So many people are living their life out of the lens of fear. And when you live your life in agreement with fear, did you know that fear has been sent to cripple you, but perfect love has been sent to liberate you? I hate fear. I'm making war on fear. I will not live by fear. And when the time comes, I will not die in fear. Fear has absolutely no place in my life or my family's life. I'm going to be strong and courageous. I'm going to live in power. I'm going to live in love. And I'm going to live with the mind of Christ. Are y'all going to? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It's a very common verse that many of us are familiar with. But I want to park here for a moment. And I want to highlight you know, this is something that we read over so quick, but if we park here and kind of chew on this a little bit, there, there is so much glory in this. There is so much glory in this one verse. Let's read it together. Now. Somebody say now. now. Say now. now. Not tomorrow. Not next year. Now. Right. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. I love that, that those three words are put back to back to back. Triple header, man. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. All we could ask. All we could think. And I love another verse says, all we can imagine according to the power that works in us. Did you know that God is able? Did you know that God is able now? He's able now, and he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. All you could ask, think, imagine. But the way that this unlocks is you've got to start asking. You've got to start thinking or dreaming with God. When's the last time you asked for the impossible? So many people are asking for the little breadcrumbs and God has a whole entire feast set out before you. Come on, do you know who our father is? He didn't just want to give you the leftovers, man. He wants to give you the best of the best of the best. Above all you could ask, think, or imagine. You've got to start asking. You've got to start thinking or dreaming. And you've got to start imagining. Listen, so many people, they have low-level of asking, low-level faith, low-level expectation. Well, it's always been like this. It's never going to change. You know, my family's always... No, break that off. Break it off, man. God wants you to accelerate. He wants you to maximize in your potential, in Him, according to the power that works in you. No more low living. No more poverty mindset. No more orphan mindset, man. He wants to raise you up as the head. He wants such a spirit of excellence and generosity and love to come upon you that when the lost get around you, they go, dude, I love you. What is it about you? And you go, it's Jesus. 
It's him. It's him. He's working according to the power on the in, he's put in the inside of me. But you got to ask. You got to think or dream and you've got to imagine. I remember, and listen, the bigger you ask, the bigger he's going to answer. Come on. The bigger you dream, the bigger he's going to, because now he is able. He's able now. I remember about 15 years ago, I'm at Bible school. There's this incredible man. His name was Dr. Guy Pei. Six foot seven, 400 pound dude from Cameroon, Africa. And he was bigger in the spirit than he was in the natural. Have y'all ever seen that movie Twins? It's like from the 80s. Y'all should have seen us walking around together. It was hilarious. He was literally like double my height. And we'd go into places and it was just, it was hilarious. And about 15 years ago, he was mentoring me in, in the place of prayer. And I was running around with him because this guy, I looked up to him so much. He, had, he was like getting crazy miracles. He had countless people raised from the dead. I mean, just nuts. He was traveling all over the place. At that time, he'd been to like over 30 different nations. So I'm running with this guy. But something about him always confused me as I was connected with him. I remember praying with him many times. And this guy would pray the most wild, craziest outlandish prayers I've ever heard. He'd be like, Lord, we declare to the ends of the universe. I'd be like, my God, bro, to the ends of the universe? I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to believe God for my school payment later on this month. And you're calling out to the ends of the universe. Y'all know what I'm saying? He had big asks and big dreams and big imagination. And the Lord was answering him in big ways. I remember we went and did this meeting, and he was doing these, these words of knowledge, prophetic evangelism stuff before it really became popular. He's a forerunner in it. We were at this place, and we were doing this meeting. He was calling out words of knowledge, and he was calling out words, and he said, the Lord shows me there's a man here. You're blind in your left eye, but the Lord is giving you sight in your eye. And he's calling out all these different words of knowledge and stuff. After he calls out the words, those people who received their healing, they would come up on the stage, and then they would interview them, you know, kind of Benny Hen style or whatever. And so he's going through, man of God, what did the Lord do for you? And he's interviewing. And the first guy's standing there, and he goes, well, Pastor Geet, you know, you, you called out a word of knowledge that somebody here was, was blind in their left eye, and the Lord was giving them sight. He said, that was me. I was blind in my left eye. God touched me whenever you called out the word of knowledge, and now I can see. And he was like, come on, hallelujah. You know, he's just crazy. Just like, and, and the, the congregation, it, you guys, yes, amen. Come on, Lord, yes. And he goes to the next guy standing right next to him, and he goes, man of God, what did the Lord do for you? And this guy, now this was this guy's home church, the second guy's home church. Everybody knew this guy. And the guy goes, well, Pastor Key, you called out a word of knowledge that somebody was blind in their left eye and the Lord was giving them sight. And he said, that was me. I came in here blind in my left eye today and now I can see out of this eye. And when he says this, the place goes absolutely bananas. They lose their minds. Everyone's freaking out, screaming like, oh my gosh, what in the world? They're like losing it. The response to the first guy is like, yes, amen, Lord, to the second guy, like, ah, oh my God. 
like losing it. And the response, it, you know, to us, it seemed like the same miracle. But this was this guy's home church. They all knew him. The response was so different, so wild. He goes, what in the world is going on? Now, he's a huge man. He's, like, big. He's, he used to mess with people at the restaurant. This guy was so nuts. He'd be like, we'd sit down, and he would be, like, he because he was he's a sight to behold. Like, if he was sitting there, he'd be, like, way head and, head and shoulders, way above all of us. So we'd go into the restaurant, and they'd go, hey, how can we help you guys? And they'd go, I want half of the menu. I mean, it was nuts. And he goes, I'm just kidding. I want this one, this. He would order three entrees at Cracker Barrel. No exaggeration. He was nuts. So when you see him out, he goes, what in the world is going on? Why is everybody doing, praise God, but what is happening? And so this guy goes, Pastor Gee, and he takes the mic. He goes, when him and I came in in here today, we were both blind in our left eye, and we can both see. But what you don't know, and all these people know, because this is my home church, this is my family, what they know, what you guys don't know, is when I came in today, this was a glass eye. And the Lord turned it into a real eye, and now I can see. So when I heard that, I go, oh, my. God, we cry out to the ends of the universe. (laughs) Say now. 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 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in us. No more low-level faith. No more low-level expectation. Did you know that God wants to skyrocket you into the next level? Come on, he's called you to be the head and not the tail. I mentioned it yesterday. God has called so many of you in here to be level 10 men of God and women of God, but you're busy living like a level three. You're not ever going to come to your full potential in God if you don't be transformed by the renewal of your thoughts, of your mind. You've got to start seeing things differently. You've got to start seeing things the way that God sees. Did you know if you can see the invisible, then you can do the impossible? If you can see the invisible, then you can do the impossible. At one point in time, that chair that you're sitting on did not exist. This building at one time did not exist. But somebody began to dream. Somebody began to see the invisible. I want you to take a look at that smartphone in your hand right now. How many of you guys remember the days where you had to crank up the brick in your car? The brick cell phone? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's goofy even thinking about it now. It's like this huge, like, hey, it's a cell phone in my car. It's like this huge brick. And now we just have a smartphone in our, like my kids, they don't know that not everything is touchscreen. They'll walk up to a TV in Target and they'll be like. And I'm like, well, son, it's, it's, it's not a touchscreen. Huh? And he's like, he thinks it's so lame. You know what I'm saying? God has called you to the impossible. Do you believe it? 
then why are we not living like it? It's one thing to sing and talk about the God of the impossible, but it's a completely different story when we actually know, intimately know the God of the impossible. How do you get to know the God of the impossible? You begin to go after the impossible. God wants to give you supernatural ideas. Many of you in here don't understand, but what God wants to do with your life is going to change your family tree for the, for the rest of history until Jesus returns. Did you know that? Your children and your children's children, as the Lord tarries, they're not going to know what you had to come through, what your parents had to fight through. They're not going to know it because you're, something is being unlocked in you that seemed to be impossible for generations to come, but God has called you to the impossible. Maybe your family's always struggled with lack or poverty or whatever it is. God's going to break that with you. He's doing it right now. Maybe your family's always struggled with divorce and, and addiction and blah, blah. God's doing it with you now. He's breaking it off with you now. It's not impossible. It is with man, but with God, all things are possible. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11 with me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Look at this. This is an incredible scripture. So much juice in this one, man. And we got to park and we got to squeeze the juice out a little bit. Yeah. Woo! Look at this. Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith, we understand that the words, sorry, the worlds were framed by the word. Pause right there. Did you know that your world, your reality, is framed by your words. If you have low faith, low vision, low expectation, oh, life is so hard and I'm never going to get that job, never going to get that promotion, stop. The reason why you're not is because your words that flow from your heart, your perspective, you're shaping your reality with your words. Did you know as a man what? Thinks in his heart. Do you know why that's so important? Because of this scripture right here. I love running with people like Dave and others who, they're fired up. I even love, I want to make, Pastor David this morning was, was praying in faith saying, God, I thank you that our roof is paid for. I love that. Instead of going, oh God, please help us. Oh, it's so much money. No, you're going, God, I thank you that it's already done. And guess what? It's going to happen, isn't it? Because your words shape your worlds. If you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Even though it's impossible with man, with God. All things are possible. When's the last time you asked? When's the last time you dreamed with God? When's the last time you imagined with God? Don't just have a nice heart. Have a nice heart. But get a backbone. Get some courage in you. I love that. You know, it's so hilarious to me that so many people are waiting for the next prophetic word. 
and they haven't even done anything with the last prophetic word. How many people you know like that? They're just, well, God's going to do it. I don't have all these promises. I'm just waiting on the Lord. No, he's waiting on you. Faith without works is dead. If you've got a promise, you've got to start getting out there and going for it. Get some courage. Come on, begin to believe with him for the impossible, man. I know it's never been done before, but guess what? That's why you were born for such a time as this. Because God wants to do powerful, incredible, outstanding things with your life. And until you change this, until, until you change your perspective, your mindset, then your words are not going to change. And until your words change, your declaration changes, then your reality is not going to change. We got to get God's vision so that we can get God's courage. Did you know what God has called? Now, hear me now. What God has called you to do is going to not just take your faith. It's going to take God's faith. If your vision can be accomplished in your lifetime, it's too small. If your vision can be accomplished in your lifetime, it's too small. I know that's challenging some of you right now. But why not? Why not dream with God? Why not ask? Why not imagine? Why not? God says, hey, look, I'm able now. I am able now to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever you could ask, think, or imagine. I want to do it now. I want to unlock it in you now. And yes, it might take some time because guess what? God says, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you got to start dreaming bigger than your own life, man. Start dreaming for the next generation and the next generation. Listen, I want my vision in my life right now, it's going to take so many, unless the Lord returns, it's going to take a ton of generations to fulfill it. And same with you, right? We're building not just for ourselves. We're building for the generations to come. I'm not just living for monument to my own life. I'm living for legacy, bro. I want to see Jesus get glory, not just out of my life. I want to see it just trip. I want to see the domino effect through my generations. Come on. So many of us are busy just trying to ask God for the breadcrumbs when God wants to give you the ends of the universe. Like ghee, you know? I tell this story sometimes. My, my wife and I, we have three beautiful children. And my middle son, <clears throat> his name is Koa. He's three years old, and dude is absolutely obsessed with acorns. It's the cutest and most hilarious and funniest thing ever, and I think it's prophetic, too. But he's always looking for acorns. Like, it's so funny. I can bribe him with acorns. Like, most people, most kids, you like, bribe him with toys or candy or whatever. If I say, oh, there's going to be acorns, bro, he's like, okay. I'm like, hey, bro, you want to come with me to the grocery store? He's like, well, I don't want to. There might be some acorns. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm coming right. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's this cute, and it's this, it's this, this is true. And it's so funny because he, he collects so many acorns that his pockets are always filled with them. He's like always walking around like this. This is for real, for real. Like all, and, and they're all over our house. I'm like stepping on acorns in the middle of the night going for something to drink, you know, or I lay my head on the pillow, and I'm like, what the? 
Acorns? My gosh. Like, they're everywhere. Like, my wife and I'll sit down at the end of the day, and we're talking on the couch, and we'll hear something in the dryer going. Bruh, bruh, bruh. I'm like, did he? There's there? And she's like, it's acorns. I'm like, it is acorns. This guy, he loves acorns. He's passionate about them. And I always think of it like this. Like, wouldn't it be silly if my son at three years old made a projection for the rest of his life based off of his current passion and current ability? For the rest of my life, I'm going to hunt acorns. Now, he'll probably do it spiritually. But physically, like, you know, I'm a professional acorn hunter, you know, at 40 years old. It's, it's kind of silly, but that's what all of us are doing right now. We are trying to set the vision of our life according to our current passion or our current ability. But you have not calculated in God. <laughs> You've not calculated in. Now he is able. Listen, God doesn't just want to give you an acorn. So many of us are just trying to believe God for the acorn. God wants to give you oak trees and forests worth of promises, worth of blessings. Come on, anybody want some of that? Stop living for the acorn, man. God wants to give you oak trees and forests. It takes a little time. It's going to take some generations. But somebody's got to go for it. Somebody's got to press in. Somebody's got to believe God. You know, I think many, it's interesting to me, many people overestimate what they can do in one year, but they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. You ever noticed that before? Think about it. Rewind 10 years and see where you're at now. Would you ever believe God would do so much? It's like crazy. I know that's right for you, Taylor, my God. Hey, hey, woo! But think, look at all that God has done. Like in the in the context of a year, you're like, I think stuff has changed. But in the context of a decade, you go, Oh my gosh, God has done so much in my life, in my family, in my finances, in my favor, whatever it is. It's more than an acorn, man. God wants to give us His perspective. He wants us to believe for the impossible. He wants us to be courageous. Listen, you can't be courageous if you have small perspective. Did you know that your life will either shrink or expand according to your courage? And if your courage is not lined up because your perspective is too small, you're going to live small in God. People who are living big in God have big God vision and big courage. People who are living small in God, they have small vision and small courage. And God said, look, I want to give you as much as you're ready for. Let's go for it. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13, <clears throat> incredible story about the 12 spies. You guys remember this story? 12 spies going to the land. I'll just give you the paraphrase for the sake of time. I'm sure many of, in here, many of us in here are familiar. 
12 spies go into the promised land to search out the land. The Bible says the land is flowing with what? Milk and honey. The Bible also says that the fruit is so massive that it takes two dudes to carry it out on their shoulders together. That's amazing. Could you imagine those grapes, man? Could you imagine those coffee beans? Yeah, I can. <laughs> open up like 50 more shops with that stuff. I mean, it's crazy. The land was good. The land was flowing. The land was rich and vibrant. And the Bible also says, and there were giants in the land. And I think it's very interesting that the, the situation was the same for all of them, but the perspective was different. The vision was different. The focus was different. Listen, I've been saying this a lot recently, but it doesn't cost you any more to be an optimist than it does for you to be a pessimist. Did you know that God is an optimist? My God, look at your life. God is an optimist. I look at my life and my like, God is an optimist. Absolutely. And I want to be like God. I want to be an optimist. I want to see how he sees. Numbers 13, they go into the land, the 12 spies, they come out and they go, okay, guys, tell us about the land. And the 10 of them come out and they go, I mean, the land was, it, the fruit was huge. I mean, it was flowing with milk and honey, but there were giants. There were giants everywhere. And they were, I'm giving you my paraphrase. There were so many giants. It's so scary. I don't know if we can do this, guys. And then they say something so, it's sad to me. They say this, and we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And listen, because they saw themselves as grasshoppers, what does the Bible say? It says, and so that's how they saw us. As a man thinks in his heart. So that's why we need God's vision, man. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, and because they saw themselves as grasshoppers, they had small vision, small perspective, therefore they had small courage, therefore they lived small lives in God, and they never got to go in to the promised land. Now, the situation was exactly the same for Caleb and Joshua, but the perspective was different. While the ten are going, I mean, the fruit was cool, but there's so many giants. It's so scary. We're like grasshoppers. They're going to eat us alive. And Caleb, 80 years old, by the way, it's not an age thing, 80 years old, look, you still got to be taking mountains at 80 years old. 80 years old, he goes, hey, again, this is the Pino paraphrase. And I'm from Texas, so Caleb probably sounded like this. Hey, y'all, shut up. <laughs> listen up. He said, listen, yeah, there were giants in the land. But you know what? We are going to slay so many giants. It's going to become so normal for us that we slay so many giants that it's going to be like our daily bread. He basically said this. We're going to slay so many giants. It's going to be as common and as normal and as easy to us as waking up and having a bowl of cereal in the morning. <laughs> Listen.
literally, that's what he said. He said, we'll slay them. They'll be like our daily bread. Next, next, next. The situation was the same for all 12, but the perspective, the vision, the expectation was different. Why? Because the 10, they focused on the problems. They focused on the difficulties. But Caleb and Joshua, they weren't focusing on the problems or the difficulties. They were focusing on the fruit, on the potential, and on the promise. God, look, it's even happening in the natural here to the house, right? God is literally expanding your territory. And if you get caught up in focusing on the problems, you're going to become a grasshopper, man. But if you focus on the promise, you're going to become a giant slayer. Any giant slayers in the house this morning? Sounds about like 10 tired giant slayers. Any giant slayers in the house this morning? (laughs) So here's what I want to encourage you guys with this morning. Say now. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, dream, imagine. When you begin to see the invisible, you'll be able to do the impossible. When you focus on the promise and the fruit and take your focus off your problems or how hard it's going to be or how much it's going to cost, when you begin to focus on what God says, you're going to become a giant slayer. You're going to do things that were impossible for generations coming before you, but all of a sudden you grab hold of these truths. You grab hold of these principles and they unlock in your life and you literally unlock it for the generations coming after you. Anybody want some of that this morning? Come on, stand to your feet this morning.